Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio, NTS News, Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news with Willem van Dender and shortly. But has Adelaide United chairman Pete Vanderpol misjudged the decision not to re-sign their German coach Marco Kurtz? According to the man who broke the story, chief football writer with the Adelaide advertiser Val Miliaccio, they have. We'll dig a little deeper into the story with Val on that, it seems, a bit more to the background on this story and... Uh, the title race is still alive, of course. On more A-League news, the Western United list is starting to take shape. We'll talk to assistant coach at the club, John Anastasiades, on their strategy to build that very list before we chat to our very own 50-game veteran of the Victorian... One, that's 250-game veteran of the Victorian Premier League. Don't shortchange the man. And former Notts County man, Dean Hennessy, to analyse the full round of the A-League. In the second hour, second edition news off the top, including Socceroo Central. Then as much as we'd rather not dissect the downfall of a player, there is no choice after former A-League championship winning player Adrian Caceres was sentenced to 18 months for possessing methamphetamine, otherwise known as ICE with intent to sell or supply. We'll have a chat to the West Australian's Tim Clark, who's been covering the story of the fallen former A-League journeyman. We'll talk about the rest of Europe, of course, a big international break weekend this weekend, but some uh, some other good matches to be uh, keeping an eye out for with Dino, and then we'll wrap it up, of course, with stoppage time. It was a sad story you, you brought to my attention during the week about um, Adrian Caceres Edge, um, you, know, the, uh, you know, the post-football life... Uh, of um, of sports people um, is often uh, uh, a, a rocky road and and um, ne- never more rocky than this one, mate. Absolutely, and and football, our sport, um, some people call it soccer in some parts of the world, but football, our sport, has really not been touched with uh, drug issues as much as rugby league or AFL in the news mm. that is. So I must admit, I nearly fell off my chair when I read that. Mm. Um, so yeah, looking forward to talking to. Tim, uh, Tim Clark, and he'll be able to give us all of the information mm. about the case and uh, what's transpired and what sort of uh, rehabilitation is ahead of for Adrian. Yeah, Marco Kurtz, a uh, bit of a shock decision. I mean, given the record, they've won the FFA Cup. Um, he's got a, a strong record. I think uh, this, the second best winning record of, of an Adelaide coach, uh, there seems to be a lot more uh, in a subtext to that story than, than meets the eye. Absolutely, and, and Willem will have a little bit of news about that in a moment. But my take on it is that, um, and this is when we get a, a group, uh, remember that the, the people that own Adelaide United mm. now are a group mm. um, out of uh, Europe, yep. and they've got a, a few clubs. And um, I'd imagine they're looking at Adelaide United to be a development club. Mm. And I'd say Marco Kurtz had ambitions higher than that. He wanted to sign players. He wanted to spend money. Mm. His squad's been incredibly thin this mm. year. Mm. Uh, they're also, so I'd imagine it's it's been a disagreement over investment and um, well, they know, won't give him a striker. They won't give him a goalkeeper. Um, so yeah, you know, so these... so I imagine that Marco said, "Well, we've got different visions for what we want to achieve." Mm. And who knows? Has Marco Kurtz got another opportunity within Australia? Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, transpires there. Mm, absolutely. All right. Well, uh... but Willem's got some news. Let's why don't we go to Willem's news? Because I want to talk about some of Willem's news items. How are we guys? The FFA have endorsed the candidature of Sheikh Salman for next month's AFC presidential elections. Salman is the incumbent president who failed to assist Hakeem Al-Arabi earlier this year. He is, of course, also a member of the Bahrain ruling family. 
The FFA have towed the line and endorsed him, with Chairman Chris Nicku stating support was required from the AFC if Australia are to host the Women's World Cup. The Hakeem case has probably made uh, Salman an enemy of the Australian football public, so is it the right move for the FFA to side with him? I think it is, actually, and I'll be probably a, a one of the very few voices that will speak out in favour of what the FFA has done. Uh, and let me just sort of uh, paint the picture. Australia's position and standing in Asia has actually declined in recent years, um, and we do need an effort to uh, reinforce. And if we are going to be an active member of the AFC um, and aspire to be uh, a leader on and off the field, we need to work with uh, the, the environment and the political apparatus that's in place there. Now, I understand very well um, the, the move by... Uh, Craig Foster and people to call out Salman as being a, um, a supporter of a, a regime that infringes on human rights. But but let's not, let's not just, you know, um, focus in on Bahrain. Bahrain. I mean, you can say the same thing about the United Arab Emirates. You can say the same thing about Saudi Arabia. You can say the same thing about Qatar. And, and do we, as the Australian Football Federation, if we go down this path, we have to then basically... Um, turn our backs on relationships with all of those those countries. And West Asia, at the moment, is currently dominating the political landscape of the Asian Football Confederation. And if we want a Women's World Cup, if we want to host a Women's World Cup, we can't do it without the support of West Asia. So if, we, if Australia decided to um, not vote for, for Salman uh, and break ranks with the, uh, the 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 Asian Football Federation, which is the southeastern Southeast Asian consort of which we're a part of, um, if we were to do that, it would it would basically end the women women's World Cup bid. It would, well, when, would basically when, end it. Why don't we have more of a conversation around this in stoppage time? I think this this conversation deserves uh, uh, more. It does. I'll be interested. And I, I take on board your point, and and and, and I think uh, Dino's got going to have a, a lot to say on it because uh, obviously the counterpoint of view is is do we take the 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 pragmatic decision that you've just outlined, which we have taken, um, or do we take the uh, the high moral ground and 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 put the ethical position of uh, of um, standing our ground and and rejecting um, Salman and and what he stands for in favour of uh, a vote which would probably not count anyway just to take a position and then effectively uh, cruelly uh, the chances of uh, of the uh, the women's world cup bid and a number of other elements yeah, around exactly, it. Yeah, so. exactly, Rob. But, but just to, the, the, the last point to make there is that um, there is many other apparatuses that mm. Australia has more broadly mm. to influence uh, the the uh, human rights uh, records or the human rights positioning of, mm. of some of these nations. And I'm not sure that uh, the Football Federation Australia... Um, using uh, this mechanism mm. to make a point around human rights is actually going to mm. have any impact. And we, we did ask Craig to come on the show. We, we had we a did, good crack yeah. at it and uh, and we wanted to have a chat to him. He's done a lot of media, but um, he was unavailable uh, this week. So so to be fair, we um, we did we did ask... What's your view, Rob? Just quickly, yes well, or no? Well, oh, that's too too tough a one. And, 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 you know, I don't normally sit on the fence on these things. Uh, if I was going to, to make a, a, an instinctive decision 
decision, I would say we shouldn't support him. Um, I think that... Uh, um, Even if it meant the end of the Women's World Cup? Yeah, Women's yeah, World's Cup yeah that would be so my... So you'd throw the Women's World Cup bid under the bus to... to yeah, that. To, to take a leadership position on the subject. Yes, I would. And, uh, and uh, you know, I've got Middle Eastern blood running through my veins. You know, my yeah, mother was born the in Lebanon. Impact of I, a... I, I, I know Lebanon is a country which is ruled by, by a, a melting pot of, of different uh, uh, religions uh, uh, and... And look, the the whole—I'm not convinced either way because one of us could be proven wrong. What about the 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 argument around um, being able to influence? Why don't we talk about it in stoppage? Well, but I think it's—I think it's the issue of the week. No, no, but I agree. But I want to talk to Dino about it as well. And 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 Willem's got a lot more news too. He has. But and I do agree with you. It is definitely the issue of the week. Hmm. The Oli Roos this week commenced the AFC Under 23 Championship qualifiers following a controversial week-long camp in Malaysia. The Oli Roos face Cambodia, Chinese Taipei and South Korea over the next week, with the goal being to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. The Oli Roos haven't qualified for an Olympics since 2008 and Graham Arnold has declared there are no excuses. He'll feel the heat if this goes poorly, I think, boys. Yeah, he, he will. Um, and uh... Well, it's the first step in the phase and first step in this sort of qualification phase. We, ha- we are trying to qualify for the tournament that will um, make, that will that would effectively... Um, uh, ensure qualification for the Olympics. So this is the first step in a two-step process. But it's also the first test of Arnie's uh, yeah. total coaching and role, And we have to finish top of the group uh, mm. or be a lucky loser. Mm. Um, but uh, the big game is going to be against South Korea. We should beat host nation Cambodia. We should beat Chinese Taipei. Uh, but South Korea, that'll be a difficult game. Um, and, boys, this also these games also uh, fall during a FIFA uh, match window. Um, most of the other big hitters in Asia are playing. I'm talking about mm. the senior teams. Mm. Socceroos are not playing because Graham Arnold is not available to take them. Mm. So do you think, Willem, we should have organised a game for the Socceroos and maybe somebody else took the reins of, of the Socceroos? I mean, there's a lot of fringe players that... I mean, you could have rested the, the big guns and given the, the fringe players an opportunity. What do you think about that? I think I've read today it's the first time since 2004 the Socceroos haven't played a game in an international window. I wouldn't have thought it would be too hard for Arnie to liaise closely with an assistant coach. Uh, the assistant could take the Oli Roos and Arnie could be in command of the senior team. I wouldn't have thought that would have been too yeah. difficult. But so. the senior assistant coach is now otherwise occupied with the Matildas, isn't he? So uh, um, you know, you'd have to put... Um, well, not that they're rookies, but um, but somebody... Um, well, there's, to, there's enough uh, of them. Yeah, yeah, there are. All right, Willem, uh, look, uh, we'll get stuck into more of those because Edge did come off the long run and, uh, and gave his editorial on that piece, rightfully so. Um, and uh, we will get into more of your news uh, in the next hour. Stick around, but cause we are going to talk to Val Miliaccio. We want to find out more about what's going on behind the scenes at Adelaide because Marco Kurtz, as a coach, has got a hell of a lot more miles in his uh, legs and uh, and coaching clipboard before um, he uh, he calls it a day. And, uh, and Adelaide, uh, obviously, um, don't think, well, it's not going to be with him. We're going to talk to Val about that after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. For Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Well, when we heard during uh, this past week that uh, Marco Kurtz was not going to be re-signed with Adelaide United, many of us raised an eyebrow, and the person who raised his eyebrow and got on the front foot with some comment on the subject was uh, the man whose voice he's listened to about everything in South Australian football, the Adelaide advertisers, Val Miliaccio. Val, welcome back to the show, mate. 
Thank you, guys. Val, there, there's a lot to this story, isn't there? There's a lot of political uh, undertones as to the, the culture mm-hmm. and the expectations because, you know, we've got a, a, a coach here who, who's just won the FFA Cup. He, I think uh, the second best winning record of an Adelaide coach. Uh, he's well-respected, well-liked. Social media are outraged. Um, so uh, what uh, what's Pete van der Poel thinking? Exactly. <laughs> My sentiment. Obviously, they've, uh, he's got a different direction. And what surprised me really was that um, they came in last March, the new owners, and obviously Marco was nearly at the end of his first year. And like I wrote yesterday, every good club with new owners and these new owners, whoever they are, promised that they'd bring renewed, uh, they'd bring cash to the table, they'd, they'd revamp it. And I thought they would have, actually moved Marco on in the middle of his new contract, got whoever they wanted in last year and moved forward. But they've let him stay in. And um, fortunately for Marco, and I've always known him to be a good coach, he's won the FFA Cup. And, and for me, he's kept the side in the top six. And it's really a squad which is... Very thin squad. Very, very thin. And well below the par of the, the top four or five teams in the A-League. And he's worked miracles with this team. And so making the call now, um, of course, it was going to be shot down by many people on social media, and there's a lot of anger in this state at the moment. And then you've got players like, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Regan, who uh, who came back. He was meant to be an injury replacement for Jordan Elsie. Um, yeah. You've still got uh, Bubba Diawara injured. Um, he, they're not giving him, as you say, the money to sign a, a striker or a stopper. Uh, it's almost like, uh, well, clearly, um, it looks like there's a, a a policy here to to not necessarily win titles, but to to use this club as a uh, as a, a a training ground to 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 sell players off to to other competitions. Yeah, well, that's that's how I've read it as well. Because um, Marco, I mean, he did ask for a striker in pre-season because obviously Bubba's had his issues and. Marco inherited Bubba Diawara, who, who, mind you, when he came to Adelaide, he was quite a revelation. I mean, he was fit, he was scoring goals, and he looked the goods, but his body obviously uh, wasn't as good as uh, he wanted it to be. And and the, he's a really nice guy, and he's been trying hard to get fit, but it hasn't happened. So they had insurance money as well from Bubba from about uh, December to spend on his contract, and he was the highest-paid um person at the club and they also they sold Taylor Regan for $50,000 which Taylor paid himself to get out of the contract to go to Malaysia so they also had his wage bill left over and unfortunately um, they didn't really strengthen the team like Marco wanted and he's had to make do and uh, so now they're struggling now the last five matches they the have crowds won. have dropped off the crowds have dropped off to record lows they struggled over the last five weeks, and I think this is all because of what's happening behind the scenes. So, Pete Vanderpol, what sort of presence does he have in Australia? How many times has he been out here, and uh, you know, have you had a chance to talk to him, Val? Yes, I have. When he first came out, I uh, interviewed him um, one, one or two times, and then we've had meetings in November, and then since then, I've tried to make contact um, to to find out who the owners are because obviously we still don't know who the ownership, Mm. what the structure is. And and we actually, I've worked with this with with one of my colleagues, Michael McGuire. We've got actually the paperwork of who actually owns the club 
and 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 there's one gentleman based in Hong Kong which we which we named, and uh, but it's not clear he's not answered the question. So he does fly to and from China, and uh, I haven't seen him to be quite frank since about November. So Marco Kurtz, um, tell us about him from your perspective. Um, he obviously um, he obviously. Uh, had, a, had a list of things that he wanted, he couldn't get them, and they've parted ways. But um, how do you rate Marco Kurtz as a person, and how he's gone about doing what he's doing, and and the decision to stay on? For me, Marco Kurtz, firstly, as as a human being, as as a man, um, first class, a very very good man, um, family orientated, very polite all the time, and respectful. As a coach. Typically, a very hard coach, demanding, and he demands the best from his players. And he's got that type of relationship where his players can go to him for problems, but he's not their best mate. So he he's got that he's got that leadership quality about him, and he's also got a very good team with him as well. He's got um, Philip Topolovic, a former Croatian international. He's, he's a number two. And Frank Urich, ex-Cockaroo, he's the goalkeeper coach. And it all works very well. I mean, there has been talk about, you know, some players being unhappy with his training and he worked them too hard. Well, you know, that's just the way he is. And he wanted the standard to rise here in Adelaide to train them harder and, and, and get them up to a certain level. And I think he's done that. And the players that maybe didn't like what he was doing um, were on the sidelines. I mean, that's normal for any good team. You're not going to please everybody. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Val Miliaccio, the Adelaide advertiser, about the uh, imminent departure of Marco Kurtz. But imminent is the word because he's staying around to coach the team through to the back end of the season. And uh, uh, what happens if uh, he galvanises the players? Um, he's a much-loved presence. Uh, the fans love his passion. They're obviously uh, uh, going to get behind him as an individual. Uh, just hypothesising here, um, they, they they make a, a run at the, the finals in a similar way to the Jets last year. You know, How's that going to go? <laughs> well, I, I think he, he will galvanise them. I mean, they had a bit of a break. They've had a couple of injuries and they've had a really bad trot. But now, I suppose, now the future's been set for him and uh, a lot of the other players. And I, I mean, anything can happen now. If you catch them in the stick, um, I mean, you win, you win two games, you're in the grand final. And mm. uh, that, it would be quite incredible. And it wouldn't surprise me at all, even though, like, the squad is depleted. It's not as strong as Sydney SC, Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City, or even Perth Glory. But uh, he's certainly a very clever coach. He's a canny coach, isn't he? He's crafty. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think he'll be lost to Australia, or do you think he might uh, be snapped up by someone else? What do you think? No, I think he'll be gone. Oh, okay. Um, he'll, yeah. he'll be gone probably back to Europe. I'm, I'm actually working on uh, something now as we speak because uh, he, he's a coach that is coaching the Bundesliga. He brought Kaiserslautern down from Division 2 in Germany up to the Bundesliga. He's coached, uh, I think, about 300-odd games, played 300-odd games in the Bundesliga, very respected, very revered, and, and like I said, a very good human being as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, with that kind of pedigree, you know, we, we, we haven't got enough of, of, of that depth of, of quality in, in the competition. I mean, when you, you say he's going, I mean, we've just been uh, um, uh, uh, chatting about um, 
you know, Western United, and we're going to talk to John Anastasiadis um, after the break. Uh, they are a club that, that hasn't announced their coach. Um, you don't think he's a chance um, to, to uh, no, uh, head to no, Victoria? No. No, no, no. I've heard, uh, you've probably heard the same. That Mark Rudin. Mark Rudin yeah. is, is probably going to be the man unless uh, something else happens at Wellington. But uh, no, I actually think that Marco is probably heading back home mm. to uh, coach over there. What a shame. Well, Val, uh, thanks for, for well, coming on the show. We'll sideline antics, won't we? Because he's, well, Adelaide does have, very... a, a, you know, whether they're Spanish coaches or Germans, um, you know, it's got a bit of a, uh, a track record of, uh, of excitable coaches on the... Yeah, he uh, likes to squirt the water, water bottle around too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he was having a crack at John Aloisi when he did that. He did too. <laughs> I, think, I think in the first season, Johnny was spraying a bottle, I think, when they won a game in the last couple of minutes. That's right, that's right. He did it back to it. <laughs> yeah, he did. So he's but, aware I mean, of they, that they, they get on really, really well. They shake hands up. That's what he's like. I yeah. mean, in the heat of the battle, he'll be your enemy, but after the game, you know, he's fantastic. Mm. All right, Val. Well, look, uh, it's a shame to, to see him go. Hopefully, uh, these uh, mysterious owners uh, will will find somebody who's going to be good for the A League as a and put to... some money into the club, yeah, so they can sign a couple of good players and uh, and give that town what it deserves, which is excitement and wins. Mm, yeah, absolutely, well, exactly. Val, thank you so much, mate. A pleasure, John. Val Miliaccio from the Adelaide Advertiser. Well, we are going to talk, as I just mentioned, to John Anastasiades about the newest club in the A-League, Western United. That's after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box, and we are following the... Uh, step-by-step growth of Western United with great interest because the uh, uh, current A-League season's only got a a few uh, uh, rounds, well, six, seven rounds to go, I think, and the new one will be in the spotlight. And uh, we've got some new signings, and Johnny Anastasiades is on the show to talk to us about them. Welcome back to the show, mate. So tell us about your new signings and uh, and how they came about before Michael and uh, and Dino climb in. I was just a bit about to say before John does that, wouldn't you love to see the whiteboard that's in the office of John and uh, yeah. John Hutchison and John Anastasiadis? They'd be writing up names, they'd be putting the, the line through the name, they'd be putting the name back up there. <laughs> It'd be a fairly active whiteboard you've got happening down there, hey, John. Well, well, don't change the subject. I've asked him a question. You can ask him <laughs> about the whiteboard in a moment. Yeah, uh, well, I think these three signings show where, what we're about as a club. And no doubt, uh, great young fellas, and uh, got a lot of upside on them. And uh, no doubt that the you know, Seb, Seb Pasquale, he's come back from uh, a great stint in Europe. You know, he's with the Oliroos at the moment, doing exceptionally well. I think he's the captain too, so he's uh, all part of the captain's group anyway. But uh, he's, he's going to be vital for us going forward as a youngster. And uh, obviously Dylan Pierias, who's uh, Melbourne City, he's had a few games in the, in the first team, so he's, he's cherry ripe also. And uh, Obviously, Stamatolopoulos, who's played for Adelaide, he's uh, ready to go also. You know, he's had some games in, in, in the senior team. So all these boys have had their uh, bit of taste of the uh, experience levels um, in the A-League, and no doubt um, they'll just get better and better with us uh, with uh, the mixture of uh, experienced players we've got. And how, how is that whiteboard going, uh, Johnny? You, obviously, you've ticking off a few boxes, but you must have a, still a few names to, uh, to chase. Yeah, it's uh, it's filling up very rapidly, and I think we're going to have to get another whiteboard. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, that's uh, you know that's this is, this is what it's about. But I think we're we're ahead of schedule. We're doing well uh, with the other boys. We've had the three or four boys and these three together now. So seven, eight good names, and um, yeah, it's getting 
really exciting now and uh, we're just uh, just sifting through some other names and um, we'll see how that pans out in the next uh, couple of months. Before before Dino gets in, um, what about all of the off-field arrangements, things like training venues and strength and conditioning resources and coaches and all that sort of stuff? How's all that going and um, you're making progress on that front? Yeah, we're making progress. We're doing, uh, you know, just about to lock in a, um, a venue uh, um, on the west side of town, and uh, on top of that, um, all the commissioning people and so on. Obviously, the the board members, um, uh, the football director and operations manager, they're all looking through that too. So there's quite a few CVs. So we're just uh, we're going through everything, and uh, yeah, we don't want to just rush into it. We just want to take our time with that. And uh, once the head, uh, new head coach gets appointed. John, uh, obviously your uh, your diary is pretty uh, full at the moment. With uh, obviously you're doing your pro license, and also yeah. the fact that uh, you obviously got the new job at Western United, but also you're still the senior coach at uh, Bentley. Yeah, how are you finding the time and managing and balancing your day in day out uh, program? Yeah, look, it's um, it, it's quite fun because uh, you know, I've always wanted to be uh, this, this this type of profession. Um, so I've uh, relinquished the other job I had, which was um, in the uh, petrol station business. So that's all gone. So now there's a lot, a bit more time. So I can do the Bentley stuff, uh, no problem. Uh, I've got some good staff there helping out also. And yeah. uh, the West United stuff is, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's good too. So, you know, we're, we're just going through players and all that sort of stuff. Um, and now, and doing the pro license now at the moment, which is really exciting. And uh, it's really, it's another... Uh, it's something um, something totally different to what the other pro licences were. There's a, a lot, of, lot of it's about leadership and uh, leading others and yourself and so on. So that's uh, a different perspective of uh, actually uh, uh, coaching. So it's, uh, it's uh, very, very interesting. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to John Anastasiades, one of the assistant coaches of the new A-League franchise, Western United. And going back to the to the, the signings of this week, so, so Dylan Pieris is famous for being the first player born in the 21st century to play in the A-League um, when he uh, debuted for City when he was 16 years old in the 2016-17 season. But um, he was also uh, identified by The Guardian, the, the UK newspaper, as one of the best 60 football talents in the world and uh, mentioned alongside names like uh, Real Madrid's uh, Vinicius Junior and Borussia Dortmund's uh, England international Jaden Sancho. So, so massive wraps on this young fella. Yeah, yeah, um, really, really good. And uh, he's, um, he's. Uh, that's why we're quite excited uh, in in, uh, in getting Dylan. And uh, we know that uh, he's, like I said, there's a lot of upside in him, and we know that he'll, uh, he'll, we'll get the best out of him. There's no doubt about it, and actually prove himself as one of the best players in the world in his age so there's no doubt that um, you know, we've, we've scored a good, uh, a good player in, um, in, in Hey John, your career obviously you um, you went across to Greece as a young fella and had a, an amazing career. These days uh, I know um, you're a, now an assistant coach at a A-League club but these days if you have a extremely talented young player, would you be advising them to, and they had an opportunity to go overseas, would you advise them to stay in Australia and establish themselves first here before going overseas or would you still, obviously it would depend on where they're going, but um, does Europe still have an accelerated development pathway compared to uh, staying here and plying your trade in Australia? Yeah, look, um, I think it's, uh, 
it's a tough question that one. There's no doubt about it. I certainly uh, wouldn't stop anyone achieving their dreams of playing overseas. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but you know, I think first and foremost, I think they should really st- try and establish themselves here. You know, then if they do that, then they can sort of get their opportunity overseas. Because overseas at the moment, it's uh, it's the one. It's not that easy. I'm telling you, so it's uh, it's quite difficult. I believe that they try try to make themselves get themselves established here. And then from there, you know, they can get that opportunity because football's not going to run away. So it's a great opportunity for them to do that. Obviously, looking going back to that uh, whiteboard of yours, um, you've obviously had a massive influence on the NPL in recent years since it started and the success of uh, Bentley Greens. What's your view on the talent at this level to step up, like a few boys have, you know, from like Kenny and. And uh, a few others over the journey, but there's not been many. There's only been, you know, Boyd, very, Central Coast, McDonald. Yeah, yeah, but there's not. It's not been an absolute massive rush. No, it hasn't to, been a know, lot of them, has it? Yeah. But I mean, most probably this year has been our most productive of getting players in there. What's your thoughts, Johnny, what, of, of the step up from uh, MPL because there's no second division currently to the A League? I think it's growing. Uh, the talent, is that what you saying, Ben? Or the, the, the talent that we've got in this? Yeah. Look, oh, I, I think I think it's getting it's getting better. We're still a little, a little bit far, uh, off at the moment, but it's getting better. Still needs work. We're, we've still got, uh, you know, there's all this negativity about, you know, we don't, we're not producing players or, you know, we're not good enough in the world of, you know, world of football. The, the talent's there. It's the system that's broken, right? It's yeah. the system that's broken. So we've got to fix that. So we can, you know, what that system is, is the coaching, maybe, is it the, um, the pathway, maybe. I don't know, but I think the talent's there. We've just got to, Fix that, and I think if we do that, um, you know, we can match anyone, in, especially in our region, um, in this part of the world. Um, no doubt, in, in my mind, we can. We've got the talent, so I think it's there to, um, to, to really, we've got to utilise it better, though, in actually um, teaching them and educating them on becoming better players. So, you can you just expand a little bit more on that, that the system being broken, John? I, I mean, for the for the uninitiated, I know uh, people embedded in the game, you know, will, will interpret. Uh, what you're saying, but uh, but just give us the layman's explanation. The coaching uh, is not good. Is, is it good enough? I'm not sure. Is it, is, I mean, you know, I've heard some stories that the previous um, pro license was wasn't good enough. You know, I mean, I mean that we can't have that if we want to be a world world uh, a country that produces world class players. But every every license, every credit attention has to be now super. Has to be has to be sent, has to be great. It can't be just uh, like just for the sake of doing. You know, the pro license has to be hard, has to be made hard for, for, for coaches to achieve. That's, that's what it's about, because that's the pinnacle. That's the number one. So mm. it's, it starts from there. And then, um, and then you've got, uh, obviously, you know, go further down the tree. Um, you know, even, even all the licenses and all the pathways, they may need to be re- revised and revisited again um, so we can uh, get these players to really understand. Because world football's changing every day. Mm. It's changing every day. So, you know, we, we've got to align ourselves with that, you know. Vietnamese have caught up. The Thai, mm. they Thai certainly have. have yeah, yeah, they certainly the Thai people have caught up. And you know what? It's going to get harder. I spent a bit of time in. I spent a bit of time in Thailand with my work, and 
I'm gobsmacked at the amount of football schools that there are. I'm not talking about the not, not talking about academies. I'm talking about high schools yeah. that kids go to right. that they get selected from a talent identification pathway. They go to a football high school. The Asian community uh, or Asian countries are becoming quite sophisticated. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Oli Roos go. And your boy, Sebastian Pasquale, who's going to be a prime mover for the Oli Roos over the weekend. Everyone will be watching now that this announcement's been made just to see uh, how good he is and uh, what, what uh, sort of player you're going to get uh, next year. Let's be honest. We're not getting help from the government, you know, the no, funding. No, and, no. and we all know that now. It's come out in the open that we're the least funded sport, which is for me, it's, it's just I shake my head and I go... We all do, John. You know, we all shake it's our head. Just, it's just, I, don't I don't understand this government. I don't understand... And I'm not saying they'll give all the money to football. I'm not saying that. Not, but what I'm saying, we should not be the least funded. We're the most p- p- participated sport in the country, okay, where it's the biggest game in the world, and we're the least funded. It's just, just mind-boggling. And the, not, and the not, competitive not, environment we, we operate in, we need resources to, to be competitive. We need... Yeah, well, you know what? I don't mind the competitiveness. It, it keeps you on your toes. It keeps you keeps you good. But you know what? If, if the well, the, the money pit, if that's all going to two sports and the rest are sharing, then, and, and those sports have got nothing to do with, you know, with, with the world in a sense, then, you know what? The games that, that, are, that, are, that are big enough in this world, they we're going to be left behind. It doesn't matter where you are. And I think we're not getting enough resources to build and fix the system. Let's be honest. Our game has got nine national teams. Mm. No, other, no other game has got that. No, exactly, and then, and then you contrast that with the you know the the, the growth and, and growth of the the Southeast Asian uh, countries yeah. who don't have AFL, rugby league, rugby union, all those other sports, and uh, the all in there. Hey, John, thank you again for coming on the show, mate. Um, it seems like uh, Western United uh, is going to hit the ground running uh, based on you know the the sort of uh, you know, the conversations we've had with. Uh, with you and Johnny Hutchinson, and uh, and um, and we uh, we can see just a real quality list here uh, uh, being yeah. established. So we're really looking forward to uh, to a real positive story in football uh, continuing to emerge and uh, and um, and and join the competition uh, in the in the coming season. Thanks, well, it was a pleasure to be on all the time. Thank yes. you very much for inviting. You're welcome, John Anastasiades, assistant coach at Western United. Well, we're going to talk more A League after the break, gentlemen. How about those names at Western United? Stamatopoulos and yeah. Anastasiades. Yeah, I like them. And uh, of course, there's the the marquee player well. um, who is another, is, another uh, Greek influence. Panagiotis yeah. yeah. Cornet, yeah. um, who's a very exactly. good player. Exactly. Right. What, more mm. A League after the break, gentlemen. On box to box. Box to box. The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal yes, of all. Yes, this is box-to-box. Box. It's the A-League segment, but there's no A-League because it's the international break. But there's no Socceroos, so we just have to talk there's about it. There's only Roos. Yeah, there are. Before we get into it, though, um, Dino, what do you store at Storage King? Um, I'd like to say all my cups and medals. Yes. Uh, but they're actually stored at home. But, uh, look, it's... My garage is full as well, mm-hmm. so I just have to store just boxes of old stuff, most probably pictures and mm. and not not memorabilia. But haven't you got every strip that you you, know, you had about a hundred clubs when you played? You <laughs> you coached about three hundred clubs. Yeah, I've got haven't a few, you got a memento from everyone? Yeah, I've got a few kits in there. And, yeah. You can turn your storage facility into a man cave, you know, down you could, at storage. Absolutely, you could absolutely could. Because if you're running out of space like Dino has been, he's already been down to can storage. Can you get air conditioned ones? You can get whatever you need. You can uh, get it at Storage King. Might just storage move down King. You can actually get a bed in there if you want it. Just oh, like yeah, that's my point. Yeah, you might just move down there. In the doghouse, mate. Um, we've all known about <laughs> that. all been there. <laughs> so 
whether you're moving house, whether you're in the doghouse, whether you're downsizing, renovating, relocating, whether the office is too small or you're running an online business and you just don't need a shop front, Storage King has the answer. They will provide an affordable solution for you. They've got a crack team of storage professionals on hand to make life easy. They've got stores everywhere. There's one just around the corner. They are the kings of storage moving and more. Go to storageking.com.au to find your nearest store. Gentlemen, um, so we've got that, obviously, the, uh, the international break this weekend. Uh, so what did you think about... of the Socceroos not playing in this international break, Rob? Well, I guess it's uh, um, an insight uh, or an indication of some of the, the, the shortfalls of uh, the decision to put Arnie in charge of the whole group. Because, Luke Hesley uh, said during the week that uh, there was a number, there was... Um, the option to give the players a break because they'd, they'd had a heavy commitment leading up to it, including the Asian Cup. Um, mm. There was also the fact that Graham wanted to be with the Ollie Roos because they mm. rated this qualification pathway as being very significant. Oh, it's just an interesting one. I just would have thought there's enough fringe players. They could have rested the main guys. Yeah. And there's enough fringe players that would have enjoyed an opportunity to get some game time like Jamie McLaren and Chris Economides and... Uh, you know, those sort of players you could that have been, would have welcomed you, a, a fixture. You could have even gone with the... And I'm just going to throw this out there. Obviously, the Ollie Roos is a, a separate thing because they're obviously a bit younger, but could have gone like an Australian-based... And that's not just giving a cap to an A-League player because mm. he's, you know... But he's but he's, in, he's, on, he's on the radar, let's say. So it'd be a young side, play against, I don't know, a country that hasn't got a game, play it here, bring American it American Samoa? Well, I don't care who it is, but Break I think, Archie's record. I just think it'd be nice if they 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 had a game in this window. No, but well, I, I, but in South all seriousness, Korea and Japan so, playing. Yeah, you you could go to to one of the lesser lots. Is you know a lot of the the, the the you know nations around the world that don't get to to play the uh, you know the, the the higher profile teams you know are, are crying out for opportunities, aren't they? Anyway, the A League did go on last week. Adelaide uh, played Perth. Glory, and we did feel, and we've spe- spoken about this, as a bit of a free fall. And obviously, in that, when we're doing our selections for where they all finish, I was saying, I think if Adelaide lose and Newcastle win, then we all know it would have been. Did you get uh, well I, and truly stitched up? I there, did didn't got you? stitched up unbelievably. <laughs> but I thought, you know, again, Diego Castro, quality player. Mm. Um, I think that they've definitely got one hand, if not both hands on it. They've the got premiers, both hands on it. And I think they could go all the way and win Me it. Me too. I can't see anyone and, beating and them, especially love, for the grand finals. I love, a, I love the thing about Andy Keogh. You know, you look at him there, he's on the bench. He's disappointed. You can tell he's disappointed. Goes on straight away, impact, and then plays goal. And that's that's what you want from your strikers. Well, we loved Kenny Lowe uh, for all of the colour and theatrics, but... It is a testament to to Popper, isn't it? That he's, he's got it sorted out there. And... With all due respect, he's he's, he's at a different level. Is Popper? Mm. Um, I've known him as a player more so. Met him a few times when he was at Sydney FC. Mm. Not really spent much time with him when he's been a coach, but uh, he's got this real presence about him, and 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 he certainly knows his football. Every time we talk, or every time I've talked or been in company, mm. you know, he's at just a different level. Mm. And you know, he's worked in England as we know at Crystal Palace. So I'm he's forever. A lot. When when we talk about Tony Popovich, um, I'm forever 
have an unbelievable memory of going to watch him play at Crystal Palace when yeah. he was playing at Palace. And he was the most popular player on the field. Every time he went near the ball, every time he was involved in a, in a play, the crowd just lit up. He was extremely popular at that club. Uh, just sort of testament to uh, yeah. what sort of his approach to football. Of course. Yeah. Now, we had the magic dust out as well. You know, the box-to-box magic dust. We did, Sprinkled we? a little bit of it over uh, Alan Stadjic. That's exactly right. And he went there and <laughs> travelled to his biggest was. rivals. So, he's, yeah. you know, he's... He, he and he was very calm he, on the sideline. He was very measured on the I'll tell you who wasn't calm, because <laughs> they, they were cutting to them quite regularly, was Laurie and Christine. No, they weren't. The McKinnas were not happy. <laughs> what did you make and of it, all that? Because oh, the, as a new, like, you know, because we've got a relationship with Laurie, so I, I mm. sort of, you know, I have a very big soft spot for them. Mm. I was extremely disappointed in Newcastle Jets. They were. I but what about was, the officiating, though? I mean, yeah, um, look, it had nothing to do with a loss in most far as No, but, but, we, but Newcastle owned that first half. They couldn't take advantage of their opportunities. Correct. They should have had four goals. Well, you only look at the stats. It's 24 shots to five, seven yeah. on target to four, yeah. 66% possession, 561 to 296 passes. Passing accuracy on everything was on Newcastle side, but it's like anything, as they say, if you can't put it in the old onion bag, it's not going to happen. And Alan should have bought a Tetzlato ticket on the way home because <laughs> they were. Uh, they so were let's lucky just recap. What, so what, what so happened? So, so well, they so, got three so nil up. Yeah, and everyone was pretty well, went, shocked, including the players. I think. Well, yeah. Jordan Murray on fifty-one, Jem Karakan on sixty-four, and Connor Payne on sixty-seven. Then Roy O'Donovan pops back in on the seventy-fourth mm. minute and goes, "Here we go. The, this could be the turnaround." Uh, Ronald Vargas on the eighty-first. So they still had it. Mm. At least 10, 12 minutes with the injury timing mm, mm. to 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 enforce it and look and they huffed and puffed. There were saves, but mm. it was a windy, one. wet night too. Yeah, that it wasn't was, a pitch great was in night. pitch wasn't in great condition. There'd been a um, you, the sport that you watch every every now and again. Robert mm. played a game on it the day before. It wasn't in the best. And condition. then uh, on a Saturday night, well, Melbourne victory. Uh, Costa Barbarousas on the 24th and 39th. Um, beautiful goal celebration Greg, by yeah, Costa Barbarousas. Yeah, I saw that as yeah. well, and Eric. Uh, Eric uh, Bartholomew on 50 minutes, yeah. I think it was, yeah. And but Brisbane had the better of the second half in that game. Yeah, look, Brisbane. I think they did. It's, it's hard for them. They've got a very, very small squad, a lot of good quality players injured. Mm, but they made they made a go of they it. They made a go of it. Yeah, the competitive. And, and I noticed that the, the, the one thing I noticed out of that was um, Honda was incredibly vocal and incredibly, he was driving, driving. his team. He sensed that Brisbane um, could have uh, snatched something from could that game. It, and in, yeah. the, in the last 15 minutes, Honda was incredibly vocal in driving uh, his team defensively because they were on the back foot. Of course. Yeah. Now, Wellington, uh, again, credit to them. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're steamrolling ahead. 3-1 against what has been in recent weeks a really good Western Sydney. Yeah, I, I was team. surprised. I thought Western Sydney were going to make a game of that, yeah. but they but they absolutely they got mugged. Yeah. I watched a bit of that game and Wellington were incredibly fierce yeah. in their in their attack on the ball and then and then and then just their skill in transition well, was pretty three, good. Three goals up in 30 minutes. Roy Krishna, Mandy and uh, mm. David Williams 33. Yeah, they yeah, really did blitz them. Your, your boy Mitchell uh, Duke, he yeah. came in on the 86. And he was about their only good player. Yeah. yeah. And he's a good sign. And then obviously Krishna, that might be a little bit costly that getting that red card as well. Yes. So that could that could play out in not next week but the week, week after. after. Then Sydney FC, this is a funny one. Well, um, remember um this was part of the, the box-to-box um, sort of fairy dust we sprinkled it on Alan Stadridge but also on Scotty Jamison <laughs> we too did because J-Mo went hard we, last week didn't yeah, we? We, we also asked a few questions of J-Mo last week we did mm. and they we were, said the fans were no, but none of us tipped him because those and if J-Mo's listening those fans
fans I mentioned to you, JMO, that were frustrated were extremely happy yes. by the weekend because I got calls from them all saying... Well, Leichhardt Oval, uh, you know, it's an it's a intimidating venue to play at. And, well, uh, it was, it, it, there was a lot of rain, wasn't it? The, yeah, there was yeah, doubt yeah. that the game was going to go, go ahead on, yeah, and yeah. the pitch but, was soft, but well but done just, to Melbourne just, City. Just being in JMO, but last week I've looked back and reflected on how the questions were given to and how he delivered them. That is a leader of yeah, a club. That is yeah. a captain. That is and I have leader. noticed, have you noticed during the week that Melbourne City have been a lot more on the front foot uh, I have uh, about that. getting out into the community and Willem doing exactly what he said? I just <laughs> want to touch on Shayon Harrison's finish, the two finishes. Uh, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't get the goal given. It was Paolo Retre's own goal because it took the deflection. But the volley that he, he hit yeah, it with, but the good, first yeah. goal was a good one as well. But what do you, uh, you know, what do you take out of that from a Sydney perspective? I just I think it's one of those days in the office. I thought first half they looked quite comfortable. They had a couple of those days yeah, in the most recent they times. Yeah, but it's sometimes that's you know. And the, you have and that the sort of message out of Sydney is that they've been training well, they've been playing, playing well, well yeah. but they just can't score. Score. But, but yeah. uh, I thought uh, they struggled. What's the ladder, Dino? Give us so the, the ladder. Just quickly, uh, 51 points at Perth Glory, 42 Sydney FC, 41. Melbourne victory. So Wellington. second spot's up for grabs. Yeah, and that it is. second spot's all important because of Asian Champions League qualification. Wellington on 34. Melbourne City on 33. Adelaide on 31. Newcastle Jets on 26. Didn't they absolutely drop an opportunity in Newcastle <laughs> Jets? Mm. 20 points uh, for Western Sydney Wanderers. And Brisbane Raw 15 with Central Coast now on double figures on 10. And the top goal scorer, uh, Roy Krishna, uh, 15. Incredible. Fonda 14. Barbarossa's 13, Keo 12, Taggart 11, and Toivonen on 10. Well done, Dino. For a weekend where there's no A-League, we talk plenty of A-League. All right, gentlemen, um, that'll do us for this hour. In the next hour, we're going to have uh, Willem back in to uh, start us off with Socceroo Central. We're going to talk to Tim Clark from the Western Australian, sadly. Looking forward about, to that. Yeah, it'll be good. Adrian Caceres, but a sad story. Europe, See if you of can... course, then stoppage time. That's all next. And on Box to Box? Yes, it, it is. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage moving Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back to Box to Box second edition news with Willem in just a tick. We'll also talk to the Western Australians, Tim Clark, on the, uh, the shocking story of Adrian Caceres' drug um, conviction. Um, a lot uh, of background of that story uh, has been covered in the West Australian by Tim Clark. We'll talk about that soon. And then, of course, we're going to get stuck right into the middle of Europe because uh, there are a lot of international friendlies um, and competitive matches going on right now. So Dino's covered all of that and then we'll wrap it up with stoppage time and we'll expand more on that uh, that um, that vote um, for uh, Sheikh Salman um, that we were uh, uh, yarning about at the top of the show. So, uh, Willem, you got some Socceroo Central action? Socceroo Central for the Green and Gold Army. Join the Matildas in France for the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup with the Green and Gold Army. Matt Ryan was the hero for Brighton as they progressed to the semi-finals of the FA Cup. Brighton overcame Millwall 5-4 on penalties with Ryan saving one with his legs. James Meredith was on the losing side, coming on for Millwall in the 85th minute when they were up 2-0, so it didn't go too well from for him from there. But how pumped was he? Don't, don't those uh, Brighton uh, fans just love uh, love Matty Ryan? He's... Um... I saw on Twitter some of them were saying, you know, my favourite player ever. Yeah, he's he's developed a fabulous uh, reputation and relationship with them, so I'm very pleased for that. 
uh, for Matt Ryan. They get to play in the and the and the benefit of that they get to play Manchester City. Aaron Moy was also in action and put in an early assist for Huddersfield. The Terriers led 3-1 before West Ham got the chocolates 4-3, which pretty much sums up Huddersfield's season. It was an amazing game. I know. That's heartbreaking, though, wasn't it? They finally yes. find someone who can score goals and then they lose. That was just sad. Mark Milligan continues to start at Hibernian. He played in central defence for the full 90 minutes in a 2-0 win. We, of course, see him play there often for Australia, but this was the first time they'd seen him do so at Hibs, and the fans were suitably impressed. Scott McDonald's career resurrection also continued, scoring Partick Thistle's goal in a 1-1 draw. How old is he? 36, 37? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him uh, go around in the A-League because I, I, I think he's... Um, we obviously know Scott McDonald for his failure at mm. the senior level playing for the Socceroos, but mm. I would have really liked to see him in the A-League. I think he would have done okay. I think he was yeah. really keen for a contract. Yeah, he just nobody wanted We talked him on the show a couple of years ago yeah. and he was on the brink, wasn't he? He was. He must have been close. But maybe he wanted too much money or maybe, you know, who knows. But... um. Yeah, interesting that uh, he's back in the Scottish Premier League. Matt Leckie continues to be eased back in at Hertha Berlin. He played the final 15 minutes. And a final one, Kenneth Dougal, who's spent a bit of time on the fringes of the Socceroos squad. His season is unfortunately over at Barnsley. He got injured, tried to play on, eventually couldn't, came off, and the diagnosis was a broken leg. Mm. Um, I'm interested, uh, Rob, in your opinion about Robbie Cruz, who looks like he's making uh, a move to break with his Bundes, with his Bundesliga 2 club. They've um, excluded him from training. He's been uh, deleted from the training group chat. So um, there is rumours that he could be on his way back to Australia. Would you like mm. to see Robbie Cruz in mm. the A-League? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, look, uh, for all of the, the criticism that Robbie Cruz has suffered, uh, from particularly from fans over the years, he's always been a coach's favourite, hasn't he? Um, uh, pretty much at the, every... Uh, Turn every national coach has, has has wanted him in the squad, has picked him, um, and uh, definitely not a fan favourite there, Rob. Oh uh, no, they um, they they showed that in uh, in Russia, didn't they? And and unfortunately, I think that played out in some of the 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 the, the results um, on on the pitch because the players were well and truly obviously across that they had to come out and defend him, didn't they? So um, so look, I think Robbie's got uh, a little bit more gas in the tank. But is there another European contract out there for him? I don't know. Um, look, I don't know. But there's a lot of a lot of rumours that he's coming back to Australia. What do you think? Willem? I think he's just about to gain German citizenship, isn't he? I think he's probably not too keen on coming back to Australia, from what I've heard, given the uh, how he gets treated. Well, by he has fans. German heritage, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. UEFA have charged Cristiano Ronaldo with improper conduct following his crotch-grabbing celebration in the Champions League. Ronaldo was thought to be mimicking Atletico coach Diego Simeone, who had been charged 32,000 Australian for a similar celebration in the first league. What do we make of this one, Michael? <laughs> Cristiano can do what he likes and if he gets fined $32,000 for doing that he would say that's a lot less than his tax bill he hasn't paid <laughs> really ugly one coming out of Russia striker Pavel Pogbreniak has said he finds it laughable when a black player represents the Russian national team and that they can make do without foreign players in response the head of the presidential human rights council Mikhail Fedotov said the comments smelt of racism I think there's a little bit more than just a smell to them Yes. the comments came in regard to non-Russian-born but naturalised players receiving passports. Shockingly, Pogbreniak's club Yekaterinburg stood by his comments and claimed most Russian players would share his views. Interesting there is uh, um, if that blows up into some sort of international 
story, they'll probably say that he was uh, misquoted yeah. in translation like they do. Like with the a, Turkish president. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. You can get away with uh, those things. We know so what you can say whatever you like, but then say you were misinterpreted. Yeah, so yeah. once you're on the public record. The, the, the only thing that was good um, that came out of it was that, that at least Vladimir Putin seemed to uh, to put him in his box. Uh, uh, so when Vladimir comes out and um, and uh, gives you a little bit of a, uh, a shirt front, you generally want to take that And Willem, we know, because we were in Russia together, we know that Russia, in fact, is a very multicultural community. It's Absolutely. got, uh, you know, incredible diverse uh, um, ethnic communities, mm. and um, one third of the Russian population is Muslim. Um, so I would think that uh, this bloke's probably um, a dickhead. Yeah, and sadly, I mean, you know, we, we can't sit in, um, you know, in in our glass house and throw stones when we've got clowns like Fraser Anning. Um, Correct. You know, uh, it just proves that every community, out, so. every community has its. Um, Am I allowed to say dickhead on the radio? Yeah, I think you just did. Yeah, I think every community has its dickheads. Under certain circumstances. And and we do too, a la Fraser Annie. Hmm. Paul Pogba continues to generate his own headlines, teasing fans with a dip each way over his future. While in camp with France, Pogba stated that Real Madrid is a a dream for anyone and that with Zidane as coach, it's a dream for anyone who likes football to play under him. By the same token, he endorsed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to become the permanent Man United manager, stating he's brought the confidence back to the playing group and that he's happy playing for Solskjaer. Where do we see him playing next season? You know, Real Madrid like to bring in Galacticos. Yeah, yeah. It depends on how much um, they offer him, I guess. Everyone's got their price, don't they? So if um, they're prepared to throw enough at him, we might be seeing Paul um, playing for Real. But, uh, you know, we do know that he's a player that... um, like a lot of those uh, elite players, uh, Eden Hazard is is one uh, example where if they're happy, they play brilliantly. But if they're not happy and the coach isn't right and the environment's not right, then you know they can um, you know just throw the toys out. It's of interesting the how players bit. get that sort of reputation, isn't it? I was just going to say back to the Fraser Anning thing. You know, Egg Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Egg Boy, yeah. who's become an internet sensation. Yeah. Uh, with his, uh, he got a bit of a rough treatment after he landed the egg on Fraser Anning's head. He uh, hails from our way, Willem. He's a Moorabbin boy. I did say it was in Moorabbin. Yes, yeah. and he's a local lad too. And um, because we live down in the... Uh... Well, my, my Thomas, who you know has been um, in the studio, he, um, you know, all over the social media and he had something like a few hundred um, followers on Instagram um, before, but he's gone, he's got 100,000 or some yeah. ridiculous number yeah. now. And there is a rumour, hasn't been confirmed, there is a rumour that he is a very active Melbourne Victory fan. Yeah, so okay. Egg Boy's, uh, don't know if that's true. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's true. I'm just repeating the rumour. Yeah, well. But uh, Egg Boy, wasn't that a, a, an indication of the world we live in these days? Yeah, yeah. Just someone becomes have a, have a dozen eggs with him to just just go splat for for, for what he copped in return. He, he, he might copped well a lot, just, didn't he? He, didn't, yeah. uh, he looked like he just needed Just her- heroic um, right-wing um, supporters, clowns? weren't they? Yeah. yeah. It's just... Having said all of that, um, if he is a Melbourne Victory fan, it's sort of the behaviour you would expect from a Melbourne Victory fan, isn't it? <laughs> I'll leave you uh, to comment on that one, Edge, and uh, Willem to give us the next story. (laughs) German manager Joachim Lowe has declared Leroy Sane was very lucky to avoid serious injury after he was Mm. on the end of of what he described as a vicious foul from Serbia's Serbia's Milan Pavkov. Pavkov was red-carded for the incident, which came in a warm-up friendly before this week's Euro 2020 qualifiers. Germany's new era ended in a 1-1 draw. Lowe will breathe a sigh of relief that Sane will be available after redlining so many senior players from the squad. And remember, he didn't take him to Russia either, so he didn't think he was good enough, and uh, and now he's one of the uh, the new wave that's going to take them into that new era. So, you know, Leroy was uh, pretty uh, peed off that he didn't go to Russia in the first place, but uh, he'll be uh, sort of glad that he, he didn't, uh, given the results. Given what happened, at yeah. the fallout you're talking about? Yeah. 
interestingly enough, uh, I've been around this game a little while now, um, uh, hence my age, and I've learnt one thing, is that you never, ever, 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 ever write off Germany. Well, you did in the World Cup, though. But they'll bounce back. Yeah, they will, I agree. But in the World Cup, you did have to write them off. And I did... Uh, well, I was, kept I, I enjoyed them, and they, they kept... Uh, and obviously, they didn't do that I enjoyed well. a little bit of Schadenfreude about that, to use a German word. Um, Schadenfreude? Yes. Schadenfreude? How would you pronounce that in German, Rob? Schadenfreude, I think. Schadenfreude, yeah. Well, well done. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Um, gentlemen, we're going to talk to Tim Clark from the Western Australian about Adrian Caceres. What a sad story that is. Hopefully, um, he will um, come good um, in the long run. But um, but this is, uh, you know, just a shocking um, rock bottom that he sits. So we'll have a yarn to Tim about all of that after the break on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box. And it was really sad earlier this week to hear that uh, the former A-League journeyman, Adrian Caceres, played for the victory in the 2007 title-winning side. Uh, also, obviously, with Perth Glory, Central Coast Mariners, sent. And the, the Wellington Phoenix, amongst others, had a, a good career um, in the the lower leagues in Europe. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, born in Argentina, lives in Australia, sentenced to, to 18 months jail for dealing in ice. And uh, a man who has been following that case and uh, and, and writing extensively on it is uh, the West Australian's Tim Clark. Welcome to the show, Tim. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. So, Tim, um, so w- when did you first get wind uh, of the charge and uh, and... Um, and become aware of, of of what had happened. Yeah, so my my role at the West Australian is predominantly um, covering court cases, although I have covered sport in the past. And so, when um, when his name popped up on a court list um, next to that um, charge, probably uh, about eighteen months ago now, um, it did uh, pique my interest. So I um, I f- um, went to court, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Adrian was in was in custody at that stage. He was um, originally um, placed in custody for about three months, um, uh, initially after his arrest. Um, and uh, I did all my due diligence, and obviously, um, sort of checked the date of birth, and then seeing seeing Adrian on the um, on the video screen there from one of the uh, one of the prisons here in uh, in Western Australia, um, confirmed that um, it was. Actually, the guy that I'd um, I'd certainly watched playing for Glory and Melbourne Victory, and before that, um, sort of playing in in the leagues in, in England. So, so yeah, it was obviously a sad situation that he'd found himself in, and um, it's 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 rolled on for about um, about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen months over here. And then last week, it finally um, came to a conclusion with the with the sentencing hearing. And as you guys have read, and um, no doubt others have. Um, he was um, he was jailed for um, for a significant amount of time for what was a very serious offence. And uh, as you say, he's 37 years old. It's about 18 months ago, August 2017, he um, he was uh, caught by police uh, with 11 grams of ice and along mm. with the, the drugs. Well, I guess what really sort of uh, sunk him was the 50 uh, snap lock bags, um, which uh, which they found. It, it, would you say though that it's the fact that he was already on, on bail for breach of a violent restraining order that that really um, uh, meant that the judge um, uh, uh, sent him. Uh, to the Hooskow, because um, if it was a first uh, offence, you, you sort of think sometimes that they might let them off with a good behaviour. Yes, yes. So I mean, that certainly wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have helped, guys. The fact that he was on bail, but um, um, I, I think 
to be honest, in this case, when you when you are charged with um, with possession of, of of ice with intent to sell right. a supply, as everyone knows, it's such a um, you know such a scourge on right. our society, and particularly here in Western Australia, it's been um, the focal point of so many. Um, um, well, crimes in itself, but also the cause of so much other criminal activities that the, the government has mm. has increased the um, the maximum terms for people who are caught dealing drugs, and the judges um, have to go on um, sort of have to, have to act on those community principles, really. So, um, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a huge amount of meth in, in weight terms. It was only mm. eleven grams, but. I mean, when, when it was um, when it was all said and done, um, uh, the uh, the judge said that um, uh, he was he was dealing. He was a drug dealer, and um, and it was it, it was basically to earn enough um, drugs to supply his own habit, which mm-hmm. the court was told has been um, unfortunately entrenched in uh, in in his life, in uh, Adrian's life for for, for many many years, um, both. While he was playing professional mm. football and and after, which was a shock to me, and I'm sure it would be a shock to to people he played with and saw him play. But in terms of the sentence, the judge was was basically not persuaded that it was um, it, he was just sort of dealing to friends. It was it was a bit more commercial than that, and a bit more a uh, bit more high end than that. And um, an immediate jail term is pretty much the standard. Um, it's just the length. Of, of the jail term that's handed down, and so that was what, what ended up happening. Tim, um, you, you obviously reported that he'd been using, and there was reports that he confessed to using when he was actually playing uh, mm. in the A-League, um, which which is a bit of a shock to a lot of people around the industry. Uh, what sort, From your um, assessment of looking at him through the court process, what sort of shape was he in? Um, both, you know, visibly when you when you watched him, but also um, mentally. What's your assessment yeah. of what sort of shape he was in? Was he in a bad way, um, or was he? Uh, do you think under control? Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, guys, with the, the, between the first time I saw Adrian in court and the last time, he had actually um, he looked a lot better um, mm-hmm. at the end than he did at the beginning. Um, in those first early hearings that I went to, um, he was uh, he was obviously. Uh, I mean, he looked. He looked a broken man, to be honest. Um, his dad was in court for many of the appearances, and I did uh, sort of introduce myself and explain to him why I was there, and, and he was gracious enough to, um, you know, spend a little bit of time just um, sort of outlining what had happened. But um, and obviously, you know, how he didn't want it uh, to, to have happened and couldn't really believe that it had happened. But um, um, and, to, and then when uh, when last week when it when when it finally came to to the conclusion, um, Adrian had been on bail for quite a while um, and was on bail up until right until the end. And he walked into court and he looked quite fit. He looked quite well. He had his partner with him and his new baby with him and his family with him. Um, but I'm sure that his lawyers would have told him and, and warned him to to be prepared for what was coming. Um, because, as I said before, um, it is very, very rare, um, certainly in Western Australia, with the, the way the justice system deals with drug offences, that um, you can be caught with that much drugs and um, and admit to dealing them um, and get away with a suspended sentence or a fine. So, so yeah, in, in terms of his um, his personal life, it, I, I, mean, I suppose it's ironic that it, it sometimes needs 
something like this to happen for you to really take stock and um, and 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 get yourself together. And, and it, it appeared that that's what's happened. Um, and so now he's he's obviously got quite a lot of time to um, to t- take stock some more, I suppose, in the um, in custody. And then let's all hope um, that that w- that that'll be a positive thing. And then once he once he gets out, he can get on with his life and get on with his um, life with his family. Um, Without the obvious um, distractions that have that, that have um, sort of dragged him down in the past. This is box to box on NTS News Talks. What we're talking to the West Australians, Tim Clark, about the uh, incarceration of former um, A League player Adrian Caceres uh, this week for uh, an ICE conviction. And just looking at the sentence, though, uh, as uh, I read in your article, uh, mm-hmm. whilst he was jailed for 18 months, the eligibility for parole is after nine months, and that's yeah. backdated to December. So, does that yeah. mean that that he could be out in as soon as four or five months? Um, so yeah, so that, that's right. So um, the way it works in WA, you get given your sentence, and then if you're made eligible for parole, which uh, he sort of almost inevitably would have been in this case, given that he had didn't have any sort of um, any previous convictions, then um, you basically serve half of that, um, and then if you're if you're on your best behaviour um, in prison and, and nothing else happens, um, then you you'd apply for parole and um, and and hopefully uh, be granted it. And then, as I mentioned, um, Adrian had served some time in prison and when he was first um, t- um, arrested, and so that's taken into account um, at the end of the... So, so that's taken to be some, some time already served. So, um, so yeah, so it was backdated to um, uh, December, um, and so with nine months... Um, as you say, boys, he could be out um, as early as September, which uh, I'm sure would be um, uh, the um, what his family and his and his friends and everyone around him would hope would happen, and then um, he, can, he can get on with um, with life as normal. Tim, um, just obviously our program goes right around Australia on uh, NTS News Talk Sport, um, and people in the eastern states. So I'm just curious to know what's been the reaction in Perth to your story and um, his um, his incarceration in the context of obviously, uh, you know, uh, the situation around Ben Cousins and uh, and the the you know the type of coverage that was given to him. Has it been? received in Perth and yeah. what sort of um, ripple effect has this this had yeah well I mean as you, as you say guys um, we're not um, we're not averse to um, to our, some of our major sports stars on this side of the country um, succumbing um, to these um, to these uh, temptations and and the uh, and sometimes the effects of them um, yeah, I mean, it was. I think there was a, uh, there was a certain amount of shock, um, um, a certain amount of surprise, and a certain amount of sadness. I suppose that um, you know, no one ever likes to see um, uh, someone with that amount of skill and that amount of talent, and, and who has entertained on a on a on a you know on, on a football um, field for for so long um, go down that path. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was a surprise to a lot of people. Um, in the in the football community and in the wider community, because um, I mean Adrian had had uh, sort of played um, at all, all levels um, since since um, uh, retiring from the A League. I think he he played in the sort of local soccer leagues and was well liked and well respected. Um, so yeah, I mean a, a, a certain amount of um, shock, 
um, and I noticed today that um, news of his um, of his conviction has also spread to the other side of the world. Um, mm. That his name is also to remembered for playing for Southampton and yes. other clubs in the UK, and so it's been reported over there. And um, from what I can glean, the, um, the the shock and surprise has been uh, has been mirrored in the UK. Yeah, well, I can sense the sadness in your voice as well, Tim. You're, you know, you were a court reporter um, by profession, but uh, you take no pleasure in um, in revealing these kinds of stories. And uh, you're a football man yourself. You grew up with the game yeah. and you love it. And uh, uh, and to see a guy who uh, you know strode, uh, you know, uh, you know the, the 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 packed houses and and the acclaim of uh, of fans uh, to uh, to be going inside um, is is a real fall from grace. And uh, hopefully we, we might be talking to you, you know, down the track. Uh, his rehabilitation uh, is underway, and as you say, if he behaves himself uh, mm. uh, in prison and um, and stays away from um, the temptations and and goes through the the appropriate rehabilitation, and those programs are available in in prison. As a former you know cop myself, I I know that those are available, but the temptations are also there uh, for people who um, who suffer these um, addictions as he does. So. Um, we wish him well, and uh, and Tim will be uh, looking out for your byline um, as you as you write more on the on the subject, mate. Yeah, as you say, guys, I've I've watched um, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, for most of uh, most of my life, and uh, it's never nice to see um, someone with as much talent as uh, as Adrian had um, go down this path. And we can, uh, as you say, we can only wish him and his family well. Hope he comes through it okay, and. Uh, Hopefully, he can learn from it and perhaps maybe even um, teach others um, um, not to go down that path in the future. So, uh, thanks for having me, guys, and uh, and uh, all the best. Now, well written and, and well said, Tim. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, mate. Uh, hopefully, brighter times next time. Tim Clark from the West Australian on the Adrian Caceres story. All right, stick around. We're going to uh, brighten the mood after the break with Dino. We're going to talk Europe and all these international games next on Box to Box. Box to Box. The Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King, the king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal yes, of all. this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. And it is the uh, international break uh, this weekend. But uh, there's lots of football and Dean has found all of it. Um, but before we do, we want to talk a little bit about our friends at Chemist Warehouse. We talked about this last week. It is flu season coming up. And did you know that it can take up to three weeks before your flu shot begins to protect you? So you've got to arm up against the flu this season with a flu shot from a chemist warehouse. It's quick, convenient and affordable. Plus, you don't need to bring in a script. The prescription and administration are provided on site by a qualified health professional. This year, the quadrivalent strain vaccine is only $12.99 at Chemist Warehouse. So save journey time between the chemist and the GP. Just book your appointment pay online and then turn up be confident arm yourself with a flu vaccination from chemist warehouse so get along to chemistwarehouse.com.au slash flu dino you're going to get the jab i'm certainly going to get the jab michael you'll get the jab yourself yeah get the jab every year absolutely stay safe because uh, you know we don't want to get sick and we want to keep bringing this show to you ladies and gentlemen Dino, you have got a lot of football uh, Europe style. Uh, so, um, well, since last start? week, yeah, we have. Well, Champions League, obviously, we we got th- through the uh, the round of 16, and then it was the draw. So we haven't actually all sat down together as a group mm. and discussed the draw. But interesting quarterfinal draw as Liverpool mm. will host FC Porto in the first leg. 
be happy with that. I think they will be. I think that's most probably the most favourable outcome for mm. Liverpool. Mm. Uh, then that will be played on the Tuesday, the 9th of April, along with Tottenham playing Manchester City. So, again, two British teams there. So, at least we know there's one British team that will be in yes. the semi-final. Yes. Then on the Wednesday, on the it's 10th... It's not as if he's barracking at all, is it? No, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Then we've got Ajax against Juventus, which I think will be really, really interesting. But I think Juventus will feel confident because they're quite a young side. But I think they're a talented side. But they'll feel pretty comfortable, you know, with Ronaldo in form with that hat-trick. And then Manchester United-Barcelona, that could be massive. I mean, I think Barcelona's with that quality. Man United have done well in recent weeks. But it, I just think it's it, it's a good tie. I think there's a lot in these quarterfinals. And I think it's going to be quite an exciting uh, first two two or three weeks of, uh, of April. So then we've got the FA Cup. That's uh, been and gone the quarterfinals. Watford beat Crystal Palace 2-1. Swansea City, uh, 2-0 up, and then got beat to Manchester City, 3-2. Um, so Manchester City still got the quadruple in their sights. Um, Wolves uh, beat Manchester United, which is most probably a shock, but on, on the day, they were the far better side. And, and you know, with Wolves in seventh place in the league and uh, now a semi-final... Not a bad team, Wolves. They've, they've done really well. Well, you know, it's obviously Rob's uh, best he team. Knows you know. all, he knows them all. They personally. all know him. He knows them all. Exactly right. Well, you know, we just um, do what we can. And, um, what did you yeah. have there? What did you eat at uh, Wolves? Well, you know full well that I had a Balti chicken pie and a Bovril, <laughs> and I took a photo as I sat in the uh, the media section and uh, sent it to you guys. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, I have to report that uh, for you didn't all like it, the... Did no, you? I didn't mind it, but I was expecting manna from heaven. Yeah. Here and uh, and it was just okay. It was okay, fair enough. Yeah. And then the, the real interesting game, Millwall. Poor old Millwall. Two nil up. Mm. Two minutes to go. Game's gone. It's done. Brighton out. All of a sudden, get a chance. Got a goal. Two one. Free kick. Like last kick of the game. Go mm. gets knocked in. Keeper throws it in. Dev- devastated. Yeah. Go to penalties. Lose on penalties. So Millwall, Millwall out. Brighton out. Alvin in the semis and the semi-final draws have been done for Saturday the 16th of April which will be Man City against Brighton and Hove Albion and the semi-final on the Sunday will be Watford and Wolves which I think will be a little cracker so uh, Dino you probably don't know the answer to this question but you might I just wonder out of uh, Watford and Wolves when was the last time they made the final um, I can't, well, Watford would be back in the 80s. Elton John days. Elton John days, yeah, yeah with Graham Taylor. And Wolves would be most probably before that, most probably in the 60s. So how excited would those communities be about getting to the Wolves, uh, I remember going to a lot of League Cup finals, yeah. but not the FA from memory. But, you know, I'm sure our listeners, yeah. if I've got it wrong. And Brighton, I don't think Brighton, no, yeah. Brighton have been to Wembley. They lost to Man United, if you remember. Many Wolves years won ago the in the, the 80s. FA Cup in 1893. In the 80s. Yeah. 1893. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> well, um, but there's also, like, in the, in the Cups, we've got this EFL trophy called the Checker Trade uh, Cup. And we're still trying to work out what Checker Trade is. Checker Trade. Checkertrade.com. Now, so we listen to helping you find the right trade or service. That's, that's what right. It is. It is. Oh, right. Yeah. So what they've done is it's a Wembley final as well. It's it's this Sunday. So just for people who are listening who like me went, what is this thing? Mainly, uh, it's first, only a first, new 
new competition. New competition. And it's League One and League, League two, two teams. Pre- predominantly, yeah. Yeah, and who's uh, and who's in the and, final? And well, it's an interesting one. It's fourth place, um, fourth place Portsmouth against Sunderland in third place. Uh, Sunderland are third, but got a game in hand. And if they win the game in hand, they go second. So it's pretty tight. Uh, but the more intriguing thing about this, and even again on that same show, they've they've put this and build this as the biggest game of the weekend because it's two teams that have got massive support um, and they've sold out both allocations. So Portsmouth mm. have gone... Sunderland went out first, 40,000, and then a day later, Portsmouth have sold their 40,000 allocations. So then you get all the dignitaries and the hangers-on and the bits and pieces. It's going to be a full house. and it'll Full be... house at Wembley. Um, two League One teams. Isn't it amazing? And, and they are very famous teams. Those people have got Netflix, make sure you watch the Sunderland. Sunderland. I'm, Sunderland. Mm, I haven't I watched that yet. I'm at, yeah. I'm at, that no, is fading come seriously. Seen the, I've seen the first three. It's fading It is. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, mm. the, so Chris Colvin's, The trouble they are in Chris Colvin's just come in on the one-on-one. Yeah. Jenny's just yeah. come in to rescue them. It's incredible. So they've got the relegated, Rob, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. remember, and yeah. then they get relegated yes. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's carnage. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a documentary heard, of yeah, absolute pain and suffering. Oh, I love this. I love the chief exec though. I like him. He's, he's shrewd. He's smart. It's been an incredible numbers of people around the world to watch this, but mm. most of them are Newcastle for sports. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it is true. Yeah. Now we're going into the Euros. So this has changed. Uh, well, it's changed quite a lot and will continue to change, but the qualifiers are on. So we've got in-group, and I think we'll just we'll stick it this. this European qualification, European yes, Cup qualification. So there are 10, 10, um, 10 leagues or 10 divisions. Uh, group A is Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia, England, Montenegro and Kosovo. So this week... England, Kosovo, no chance. Uh, England play Czech, uh, Czech Republic, Bulgaria play Montenegro, Kosovo play Bulgaria, and then Montenegro play England. So that's Group A. In Group B, it's Lithuania, Luxembourg, Portugal, Ukraine and Serbia. Um, again, most probably Portugal-Ukraine game looks the game for, for me in that one. Or possibly the Portugal-Serbia game yeah, could, be, be, could be very interesting. Yeah. Group C is Belarus, Estonia, Germany, Netherlands and Northern Ireland. And their games are Northern Ireland and Estonia, but the game of the round is Netherlands-Germany on Sunday the 24th. Now, we had a little off uh, off mic conversation earlier. We did. I, I said Germany will bounce back, and you were thinking that uh, they might be in for a, a bit of an extended period of uh, pain and suffering. Well, put it this way, in the, in the time that I've been watching football, certainly in recent years, I mean, in the... They're probably in the worst shape they've been for, for over 20 years. Yeah. And if you look just at the quarterfinal of the Champions League, which has obviously got a predominant German contingent in each team and then obviously their foreign players they bring in they got battered they did they got and it's interesting because in normally the the, normally you can rely on the German system just to keep churning out quality players well, they have been for years and yeah. you know like and they always you, I, I think they'll bounce back but oh, you look, think I, they won't I think they will but I think it'll just be a slower burner than maybe what you think um, then group D is Denmark Georgia Ireland Switzerland and Gibraltar and I would say Georgia and Switzerland's Okay, but I think the Republic of Ireland, Georgia would be good, and the Switzerland, Denmark will be a really good game. And remember this: um, the the these Euros uh, for those who uh, can't remember off the top of their head, it's uh, it, it's going to be staged uh, across In twelve, 12 cities. cities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Wembley's going to host the um, the one of the semis and the final, and it's to, it's from June to July yep. next year. All so. the big. It's a celebrate, mm. obviously the. 
What is and, it? The and, 60th uh, yeah. birthday and, of the, of the and Euros. And what's really good about this is that, you know, like when you're the host nation, you go there automatically. There's no, none of that because That's right, everyone's too, got to qualify. Everyone's yeah. got to qualify. Um, yeah, so then we go to Group E, which is Abishayan, Azerbaijan. Cro- Azerbaijan, Croatia, Hungary, Slovakia, and Wales. Uh, oh, Croatia plays Azerbaijan, and Wales plays Slovakia, and Hungary play Croatia. So interesting, interesting that's, start. That's there. an interesting group, then. Right? Then the Faroe Islands, Malta, Norway, Romania, Spain, and Sweden. Uh, Spain and Norway play each other, and also Norway and Sweden play each other, which is a, most probably a local derby. So that's Group F. Then Group G is Austria. Israel, Latvia, Macedonia, Poland, and Slovenia. That great European nation, Israel. They are Israel. <laughs> it is. They, they must play, do some travelling, eh? They must away, do. Yeah, well, they play. I think the Austria-Poland game should be a cracker. Uh, that would be quite tight. Is uh, Israel ever qualified for the finals of the European I don't think they have. I think they've always been in those groups. I'd love to see never. them qualify for the finals. They, 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 they're... Uh, that's a good Google that, Robert. Yeah. They, see if they yeah, ever qualify. Look, but I don't think they have. Then we've got Group H. This is Albania, Andorra, France, Iceland, Moldova, and Turkey. So it's Albania. Turkey versus Albania. Well, it is. That's the first game right off the bat. <laughs> you don't Absolutely mind, brother. Right They'll have the a couple of, couple of policemen. Uh, um, they sort of, uh, when those games are on, the, the police cordon <laughs> sort of encircles the pitch. That, that, would be li- <laughs> that, that would be lively. And the other one I like. Where's it at? Who's got the home? Uh, Albania. Albania. And the yeah, one yeah. I like is France Island. France I think Island. That, yeah. that might be a decent one. I think you, haven't, you haven't said Greece yet or Scotland. No, no, hold on. We're coming there. Well, don't know. There's that many groups. Uh, there's. Uh, group I is Belgium, Cyprus, Kazakhstan, Russia, San Marino and Scotland. So we're listening on the radio with mm. the talk sports today. Mm. And Kazakhstan and Scotland is a massive big game. game is. Even like the people who are Scottish on the show, Ali McCoyst and, uh, and Alan, Alan Brazil, just... just are they laughing? They, they do laugh. They're very funny boys. They're very good and entertaining. Uh, but the best game for me is Belgium-Russia in that group. That should mm. be a good little game. Because I thought Russia did well in the World Cup. They as, did. As, as they as did. We... Yeah, they did. So then Group J, Armenia, Bosnia... Uh, Finland, Greece, Italy, and Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. And Liechtenstein, yeah. So, so Greece had a chance to get out of that group. Well, I think so. Greek have got Liechtenstein in the first game, and then Greece go to Bosnia, so that yeah. might be a little bit tougher. Italy play Finland and Liechtenstein. Mm. So, so Italy and Greece are the club. I think so, the and that, that really group. rounds it up for there. So, how much time we got now? Still in the oh, second. We, we got a little bit of time, and just to answer Edge's question, so that the uh, Israel have not qualified uh, for, for the Euros. They they famously beat France in nine. 1990, 1993, 3-2, um, and uh, Austria 5-0 um, in 99. They're two of their best efforts. But the, the closest they came to, to uh, the playoff stages in one of the big tournaments was the 2006 World Cup uh, qualifying group where they finished third behind France and tied on points with Switzerland. There you go. Um, there you go. So just to... Thanks, there's, Rob. there's no game uh, in the Premier League this week and the Championship because of the international. So I'll just give you the results from last week. Bournemouth and Newcastle 2-2. Burnley and Leicester. Uh, Leicester won again. So that's uh, good for 
Brendan Rodgers, so that's two wins on the bounce. Huddersfield, I think we've talked already in the segment, or certainly off air, that 3-1 up and then it all goes mm-hmm. pair. 4-3. And that's when you know you're going down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then Fulham take Liverpool pretty well right to the end, and Liverpool get one there, which was massive for them. Because Fulham's going down, aren't they? And uh, Everton, surprisingly, after Chelsea played yeah. quite well in the first half, 2-0. Yeah. So the top, the league still now is Liverpool in this international break, a top on 76, with Manchester City on 74, Tottenham 61, Arsenal 60, Man United 58 and Chelsea on 30. The ones just behind them are the teams that we've talked about in the Cup is Wolves and Watford, 43 and 44. So there's a bit of distance of time there. And Dino, you know, Rob, that there's a couple of uh, um, couple of social media feeds that I like to follow. Tim Cale's one of them. A couple. Uh, Tim Cale was <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he is one of them. Mm-hmm. And he was a, a guest for Everton. He was on the uh, broadcast, actually. Uh, on the um, the host broadcaster, and what was really interesting was that he um, he was hanging out the window when they were two 0 up, waving to uh, people in the crowd who obviously mm. recognised who he was. It became a bit of a, a bit of an issue in the broadcast because he kept waving to people and people kept waving to him because he was having such a great time because mm. Everton were le- were leading two 0 obviously. Well done, gentlemen, uh, yep. Dana. We could uh, talk for oh, the rest of the good. evening, but we're going to talk. Uh, um, Something after the break, which we flagged off the top of the show, this decision um, about the AFC vote. So uh, that is next on Box to Box. And, and uh, to, to sort of tie in the, the story, the theme of this segment, which uh, you've been interested in, Edge, uh, around Israel, is that they might want to come back to the Asian uh, Confederation because uh, their, their crowning achievement in football was winning the third edition of the AFC Asian, Asian Cup in 1964. So wow. there you go. That's you Israel go. football. All right, stoppage time next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. The king of storage, moving and more. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box and this is stoppage time. The fourth official signals. There's five minutes. We've been waiting for the back end of the show because, Dino, I'm interested in your opinion about the FFA's decision to back Shells. See if you uh, courageous guys Shake. can get off the fence here. We want no, an no. opinion. No, well, I did get off the fence, and I gave you my opinion. You I did. said that no, I did. Yeah, so Dino. No, look, I, I I could see both sides. I mean, I thought um, it's always delicate, as we all know. Um, but what I find interesting is that, I mean, obviously, leaders of confederations or leaders of their country, they get voted in or they're, they're actually married into it or born into it, and... Uh, and I just think with human rights, it's such a big topic. And obviously, we've we've been very, very close to one particular story that's been really big in Australia. Yeah, it's resonated. Um, yeah, it has. And, and I think it's brought the wider community of football together, that everyone, you know, supported it almost to a man um, and woman. And I think it's always hard then when you then get put in a position where you've got somebody who was instigating for for what for want of a term well that's what i'm unclear on i'd 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 like someone to explain to me what's what's shake Simon did he have an active role in the incarceration of hakeem i, I look i just don't know that no nor do i yeah, I, but, I couldn't tell yeah. you that maybe there's there's better people and maybe you did maybe him, you did know? but that's what i was i was going to ask craig foster tonight to give us that bit of that backstory but but can i just from the ffa's perspective yeah. they're part of the asian region and um um 
they obviously got together those 12 countries, which were our, our, our region, and they've they've all decided to vote as a bloc because they've yeah. all got aspirations and expectations. Yep. And um, you know that group, which includes you know Philippines, Indonesia, Australia, uh, Thailand, Vietnam. Yeah. You know they're all backing Australia's bid for the Women's World Cup. Yep, it's good. So it's a significant decision that they've made. It's a very significant decision they've made. Um, and, you know, um, it would have been a very difficult thing for the Federation to split from that group based on um, our involvement in in the whole, the whole Asian Football Confederation. And it's not a role that I think FFA wants to take moving forward. So it would have been a very difficult decision for the Federation to take. But Hakeem has support. come out, um, you know, in the statement... Uh, yeah, he's been strong, uh, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah. With Amnesty International, he says, I'm shocked and disappointed that the FFA has decided to continue to support a person who oversaw my detention and torture in Bahrain. These are his words. Uh, the head of the FFA, Chris Niku, must address these concerns and ask serious questions about how they do not breach the FFA's own human rights policy. Um, so uh, Chris did say, as he said, he was acutely aware uh, of the issues and... Uh, um, they, but they must maintain regular dialogue with the AFC. So, you know, it's it's just... And they a... will. And, and, and the Federation's made... I mean, there's been a few statements that they've gone on the record. The Federation has also made um, um, important... Um, they've, they've, they've drawn... They've highlighted their role in Hakeem's... Um, the dialogue that they had uh, in their own networks about Hakeem and the, the significance that that played... Uh, or, or, or the impact it had, and that was another question I would have asked well, Craig Foster. I, I, I will throw, I'll throw something else on the table, which slightly diverts from where we've been. Let's put it that that's where we are, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to back it in, and it's done. But what I want is, is if we're part of Asia and we're a little bit on the nose with a lot of Asian countries for whatever West reason, Asia, yeah, yeah, Middle East. Why haven't we got the same visa rules with our visa? for three plus one why have we got five in the a league two in the npl in, in leagues last year there was teams having 14 visa spots in state one well maybe right? that's a question for the new technical director which we understand well uh, whoever it is it has to be if we want to be part of asia play to their rules three plus one that's what it is everybody else abides by it apart from us and now i can understand why they're frustrated with us because i'm frustrated with us and I say to every meeting at every review we do, I can't understand, oh, no, the A-League needs an extra mm. visa player. No, they don't. We need young players coming into this system like they did in the old days. Give these young boys a chance and they won't let you down. Gentlemen, if there was a siren in football, it would be blowing now. Instead, there's a whistle and it's all over <laughs> do, for do, another do. week. Exactly. That sounds like a rugby league whistle, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll I would join. know. Yes, you would. Join us, ladies and gentlemen, next week. It's been a great show. When we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game on Box to Box.